I feel loved. That's really <laughs> good. And now I feel really loved. That, that, just, took it, that just took it up a notch. Uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, I so appreciate uh, Wilson's generosity and letting me hijack one of his people that he was giving a word to right in the middle of it and steal it and offer to bring her to Christ and totally just ripped them right off right there as we were in this restaurant in Switzerland. I, I sit there, you know, if you're going to hang out with Wilson, you got to be quick if you're going to do power evangelism. I mean, the dude's fast. And we were sitting there and I was sort of warming up to this, uh, I think she was from Poland, a young Polish lady, a young lady. Um, you know, she, she probably wasn't that young, but when you get my age, she was young. <laughs> so uh, I, she, I, I was sitting there and I was, I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm sort of going through my head as to the approach and, you know, because in, in certain parts of Europe, it's a little bit more challenging. And, um, and I didn't want her to think I was some, you know, old creepy guy, you know, uh, trying to, you know, see, see her as this sort of Eastern European young woman and uh, sort of stalking her or something like that. And then Wilson's like, you know, uh, do you, let me just ask you a question. And I was like, I knew you were going to do that. And I was like, hang on, I have a word for her. And so I totally just derailed the whole thing for him. And then the poor guy, when we were in, when we were in London, uh, the, they had, uh, the, we were doing, uh, some shooting with, uh, TBN UK, uh, and, uh, out on the streets, we did a couple of sessions and training and in the studio and then took people out and were engaged in it. And I told them, I, I told them right off the bat, they had two mics and, and four cameras and they were going to put two on me and then put two on, on one of the other guys. I said, put the other mic on Wilson and follow Wilson. And I think it was because, you know, okay, we're in England, you know, and we've already got a mic on an American. We need to put it on a, you know, a British guy. And so they, they chose another, another young man that I've, I've mentored in this too. Um, they put it on him and I told him, I said, you're going to end up pulling that mic off of him and you're going to put it on Wilson. You mark my word. <laughs> and sure enough, I think within 20 minutes they were like, uh, yeah, let's get that mic back. Let's put it on Wilson. And so, um, and so he was praying for this lady's arm. I think it was, I think I'm getting all this straight. It's, a, it's so much happens. It's hard to kind of keep straight sometimes. And so they, they were like, he doesn't have a mic on that. We've got a camera on it, but we can't hear. They said, get close to him so we can pick him up off your mic. And so I get up right beside him and he's looking at me and he's like, okay, my friend's going to pray for you now. Cause I had totally hijacked the Polish girl, you know? And so now he thinks I'm hijacking his la- you know, the lady to pray for her arm. And I'm like, Dude, it's the microphone. That's all. I'm not trying to take your, you know, this person that you have picked for the kingdom. You know, I promise you that. So anyway, it was uh, a poor guy. I think I think I made him uh, feel like I was just, you know, letting him do all the approaches, and then I was going to steal them all or something. Uh, so anyway, but if you hang around Wilson, you'll you'll get it. He knows he knows the stuff, and he does the stuff, and I respect him for that. Uh, it's a, such a good, uh, you know, to be here with you guys again and, and I always love coming to this church. The progression of from the first time I came to today is staggering. Uh, when I look at you guys uh, from the first trip that I came here to, to what you know your worship your your just what is happening here I, it just takes my breath away and so uh, be blessed by that be encouraged by that. So uh, we're going to delve into some stuff here in a minute. Let me just share with you a couple of things we've got 
uh, back at the table. We're going to show you a video clip from Holy Ghost Reborn here in a little bit. How many of you have not seen this movie, Reborn, Holy Ghost Reborn? You want to get this movie. And let me tell you why. You're, we'll show you a clip here in a minute that'll probably make you really want to get it. Uh, but it, there, one of the things that, I, that I'm so grateful about this movie is we finally captured a, a scene that I have been trying to get Darren Wilson to capture for a long time. But for some reason, you know, mics weren't working when it would happen. And I'll, I'll play that for you here in a minute. But this, there, there's the scene of us in Greece. And we'll, like I said, we'll show that here in a minute. It totally sets up for understanding how to speak something out and you know, we're talking about growing in the prophetic. It's, and I'm going to use that video to sort of launch into what we're doing because that was totally what was really happening in that moment of that scene. But we got copies of this for you back there. Um, empowered Evangelism, six DVD set, talking about uh, healing, deliverance, prophetic, ministry of manifest presence, all for the purpose of bringing people into relationship with Christ. And uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be giving you and teaching is on the God speak portion of this uh, DVD set. And I just say that in case you're you know, wanting to get that for somebody else. Uh, Randy Clark and I did a conference together called Empowered to Heal, and this was Randy's best. Let me tell you something. There is nobody out there that preaches and teaches vineyards originally 101, 201, 2001 uh, healing better than Randy Clark. I mean, he really has stuck to it. And, and I remember we, we were in Reading together at one point. Tim, Tim was with me, and then I'll introduce Tim to you here in a minute. And I said to him, I said, you have not changed any of the original Wimber teachings on healing. They're all that you're, you're still teaching the exact same thing. And he goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And he's right. It, it's, it's working. So anyway, and then also my new book, uh, Identity Thief, uh, is out. Has anybody, anybody have a copy of this yet? Cool. This book get, delves into a lot of mine and my wife's very personal story and really gets into one of the things that I, when, when we were writing uh, Do What Jesus Did, uh, we, I ended up having 120,000 words, which would have made this bit twice as thick, uh, that I wanted to put that was filled with a lot of our story. And the publisher was like, no, you can't tell you know, the painful parts, the difficult parts. You can't tell that because people won't want to buy the book. They won't want to spread the book. Because, you know, and I had to fight to put this last chapter in there. They didn't even put a chapter title on it because they said, you know, it's, it's, it's like discouraging. And I said, but people have to know that we live in a reality, that we live in the real world. And so this book really delves into understand how the enemy is constantly trying to rob us, but at the same time, keeping your focus on what the Lord Lord is saying about you and what the truth of what God is saying about you. And the, uh, the kind of the basis of the book, obviously the identity thief is Satan, but here's the thing. It's the worst form of identity. Anybody ever had their identity stolen? Anybody had that where somebody takes your credit card information and making purchases and stuff? That's, that's identity theft. Here's the thing. It's the worst form of identity theft because not only does he take your authority, does he take, you know, sort of what empowers you and operates as if he's you, but then he convinces all of us that we're somebody other than who we really are. And that's the worst form. 
That's the worst form. So anyway, we've got copies of that back there, and that's just been released as of a month ago. And then we have these jump drives. Uh, the sower ones are all the video teachings. Every video teaching we have back there at the table on one drive. This is the best way to preserve it to where you don't have discs that get messed up. And then we have one that's audio uh, version. And if you were to buy them all together, this is about uh, less than 40% of what the actual price would be if you tried to purchase all of them. So it's sort of the best deal out there. So anyway, well, what I'd like to do is I'd like to kick off tonight, because we're talking about uh, prophetic, um, is it really 8.51? No, it's 7.52, right? See, Van set this clock at 8.51 because he wanted to make sure. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He pointed out, as soon as you brought me up here, he goes, there's two clocks here. Keep your eye on one of them. (laughs) No, no, no. They're very gracious here. Um, But we want to start off by just doing some prophetic ministry before we uh, launch into that. So can we do that? Is that okay? No? You guys don't like that idea? All right. Turn the book of Numbers. I'm just kidding. Let me have uh, Tim uh, come up here. Courtney, come up here if you would. Uh, Tim Brasic uh, was uh, our college pastor at our church and is now traveling with me. Uh, Some of you guys may remember the British kid, Jordan, who was with me last time I was here. Well, uh, he's, uh, he, he went back home, and, and Tim is here, and he's, man, he's a great addition. This guy, let me tell you something about this man. This guy, he, he doesn't need to travel and help somebody else out. He is a, he's a guy in his own right. He could teach, preach, minister, equip like nobody's business, and it's just an honor to have him with me. And then Courtney, uh, she was, we met her in the, at the Power and Love in Lexington, uh, just, when was that? I'm looking at Darla. When was that? A few weeks ago? <laughs> was, it a, was it a month ago? See, to me, that feels like it was like 10 days ago or something like that. Anyway, but uh, we, we met her there, and then uh, she was living in Arizona. Anyway, it's got a strong prophetic gift, and so we're just going to do some prophetic ministry for you guys, all right? So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. Lord, we just pray that you would just speak to us, bless us. Father, that you would just uh, bless each person here. And Lord, even if somebody doesn't get a word, it doesn't, doesn't mean that you don't recognize us or notice us. It just, Lord, you have uh, something even far greater for us elsewhere. So Lord, we just thank you for that. And Lord, we just pray your blessing just on this time in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This lady right here, you got to, I, I think it's, I can't tell if it's gray or green, uh, uh, sitting by the gentleman with the nice white hair right there. Would you stand up? What's your name? Tina. Is that right? Tina. Tina, when I just, I just, so here's, here's how this works. So we'll start the teaching part now. Here's how this works. I don't know what I'm going to say to anybody when I, when I call them out like this. I have no clue. But when I just, immediately, I can either start with, you know, when I look at you, I see, or I was just looking at you and da da da. I just start talking. Okay? That's really how this works. Okay? So, but just literally when I just looked at you just right then, I just felt like there was just a, um, 
that the Lord wants you to know how much he's heard your prayer, that there has really been, uh, I, I just felt like there's a real intercession that, that you are, you, not just what you do, but it's just really kind of who you are. There's a sensitivity to the spirit that you have, and the Lord is going to begin to increase that, and he's going to begin to increase the experience of that. I saw you, though, like standing almost like in a windstorm, and there was just like this push that was against you and this this sort of wind of opposition that was coming against you and i saw you kind of at first sort of being blown around by it but then i saw you like you know strengthen and and then all of a sudden you were able to go through it and here's what i heard the lord just saying is that in the midst of the the wind of opposition uh, god is like increasing stamina in you in staying power in you it's kind of like when you were younger it was hard to stay it was hard to be consistent in that but now through time you've had this uh, staying power that has been uh, really consistent and really strong. I felt like, too, the Lord was just touching you. I felt like, well, God was strengthening like you and your lungs and your respiratory system and this whole thing, that there was a real touch that God was just uh, doing in, in you and that. But I felt like, too, that there was a real release of just being able to touch people and just release the manifest presence of God. And that you're just going to be able to speak that and be able to uh, just declare and just say things with that with authority. And people are going to feel it and experience it and it's going to really impact them okay does that make sense to you is there any part of that doesn't make sense don't be nice to me say it again thank you okay yeah and 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 i don't know i don't know if you have a grandson or if you have a i saw this young uh, sort of boy uh, sort of my sense was that it was a grandson or some sort of relationship like that that i just saw that was really kind of um Really, sort of in a in a place of confusion and in a place of real of real tension is sort of what I felt, and I just and I felt like your heart was really concerned for him, and I really saw the Lord just bringing peace to him and bringing stability to him, and I heard the Lord say, "Fear not." He's got him, and he's, he's ministering to him and bringing peace. And even though he's in a place of being torn and a place of being sort of where, where you know, sort of the, the home and, you know, disruption, that I heard the Lord say he's releasing peace to him and that he's going to be fine. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, Father, we bless Tina. We just thank you for your hand on her life. And we pray, Lord, encouragement and just, Lord, that everything that we're doing here is the stuff that she can do. And, Lord, the way that you want to use her for others. And we just bless that. And release that. Just put your hands out if you would, Tina. Father, we just thank you right there. Just heat and electricity of your presence. Just to release that right now. Speak to those hands. Just to be hot. And just have the electricity of the spirit. Just as she touches others. Even tonight. That they'll just experience and encounter that manifest presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, Tina. That makes sense? Okay. Bless you. Praise God. Um, I just want to take a risk here. I, I may be way off, but is there a Greg Laurie or a Laurie Greg here? He's on Twitter. Uh, no, I know. I know there's a real pastor name. It was just fun. Here's the thing. When the Lord gives you something that seems kind of, well, you think it's the Lord. You might just risk it because why am I going to think of that? You know, but there's not. Way to go for it. But that's okay. So I wanted to throw it out there. Um, I, met you, I met you at the book table. Was Chrissy your name? Could you stand up for me, please? Don't be embarrassed. I know I, I felt like this might be embarrassing for you, but I just want you to know when, when I met you, there is such a sweet, tender spirit in your heart 
that um, I just, the Lord has just shown me that you've been through some tough things, and um, but you have such a heart of faith and sort of, such a heart of compassion and such a giving heart that you've continually given things even when people have hurt you and have taken advantage of you. But Jesus is going to continue to reveal his love to you because you've been acting and being like him to others. And I don't think you've even realized it. Like you've asked questions and there's been some things you've been searching out. Um, but God's going to continue to make things more real to you. And I think you just being here tonight um, is just a sign of that. And I think there's, um, I don't want to get too personal with you, but I, there's relationship God's going to restore um, in your life with, with some close family members that things have happened to. And I just want you to know that your prayers for them, they matter. And that God's going to continue to give you the ability to maybe forgive some things that have happened that have hurt you. But, um, but you just have a sweetheart. And I just really want to encourage you that just, just when you were meeting, when I met you guys in the back there, my heart was just overwhelmed by the compassion and the tenderness that you have um, that God's doing in your life. So uh, now, does this make any sense to you at all? Okay, you're not giving me anything. So sometimes you don't know what you're talking about here. So, Father, we just thank you for Chrissy, Lord. We thank you for just the restoration to all things that have been lost. Father, thank you for that tenderness in her heart, Lord, just that merry spirit, Father, to worship you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're going to illuminate her heart to the truth this weekend and just empower her to just um, extend your love, extend your grace, extend your kindness everywhere she goes. We bless her in Jesus' name. Let me jump in Amen. with something. I, I didn't hear everything you're saying, but I felt like, too, the Lord was healing your image. And sort of how you see yourself, just that he's just restoring some of that. And when he said that about restoration, I felt that for you too. So anyway, bless you. Okay. Courtney? Okay, so I'm taking another risk. And I felt like there was someone here that struggled with migraine headaches or just like headaches in general. But maybe your name is Julie or like an E at the end. Is there anyone here that has struggles with headaches? Migraine headaches? Yeah. You got a bunch of hands that went up. All right. Is your, are there any Julies? No? All right. Um, can, I, can I come right here? Is that okay? What's your name? Shelby. Um, well, right now, God's healing you of that headache. And um, I just felt like there was a real attack on your, on your mind in general because you're really sensitive even to the spirit. And there's, there's, things that, um, there's things that you have experienced in your life that most people wouldn't understand. Is that right? Yeah, but there's been a real, there's real a, been a real burning and a hunger for more of God. And you feel like even in your prayer time that that headache that kind of comes on you, it's like burdening you to actually press in. But God's saying that I'm delivering you tonight from that and that he's really giving you a hunger for the word of God. And I feel like even there's been um, relationships that God's kind of pushed aside so you can run harder after God. And there's like, there's like this real tenderness in your spirit for more of him. And he's even like putting this fire in you where like it doesn't make sense, but it's been stirring for a while and it's like, you just have to get away. And sometimes you feel like, Oh, I'm not really, I'm not always introverted, but I want to be introverted right now. And that's a good thing. And that's what God's calling you into. And, um, yeah, I just feel this, this real, um, intimacy over you where there's like, God is drawing you into his heart. Like you want the real thing. You've seen enough fake. You want the real thing. And I see you actually having healing hands to even lay hands on the sick and they will recover in Jesus name. And so yeah, I just, does that make sense? Yeah, and I see there's just such a creativity over you. There's just such a, um, I don't know if you're into arts at all. 
Yeah. I see creativity all over you where like you can literally just, um, I feel like I see movement almost too. Do you like dance? No. Well, I just, yeah, I just, I bless that. I thank you, God, that you're just, um, you're just doing it in her. And this is just as a season of, it might seem lonely, but it's not. It's with the Lord. So, um, what was your name? Sorry. Shelby. Sorry. I'm here. Jesus, I just thank you for Shelby, Lord. And I just bless her. I thank you, Lord, for her heart, for just more of you, Lord. And that just healing power just flowing through her body right now, that there would be no more migraines in Jesus' name, that she would be able to go deeper in this season, that, Lord, you're drawing her into the depths of who you are and into her heart, your heart, God. I just bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now you got to go with her. Okay. Yes, you're helping with the book table. Thank you so much, Chloe. Oh, wait, you know her. I get to give her one then because you, okay. you already know her. <laughs> all right. I, all thought, right. <laughs> I thought that if you had any connection with her, I, I just got to sniff it. Uh, what, what was your name? Zoe? Chloe? Chloe. So, Chloe, uh, you know, I, I just sense this. And again, I have, when I say that, I don't even have anything. <laughs> this is just this is priming the pump. This is how it works right here. Uh, trust me, we're going to, tomorrow morning, we're going to be throwing, uh, you know, and tomorrow night, throwing you guys under the bus in this. You're going to be doing this too. But uh, Zoe, or Chloe, um, <laughs> sorry. Chloe, I, I, <laughs> that shows you my lack of prophetic ability with that. Uh, Chloe, I, I, I just really felt like there was like, a, I just see like, as soon as I say that, I see like all these question marks. There's like a lot of things that you've been asking God for some clarity on and some direction on and just some, some specific stuff. And I hear the Lord just saying, he's not going to let you miss it. Uh, there's been like a, a worry about, you know, kind of making a wrong turn and a like, and I, I saw you kind of putting things in a row and sort of liking things sort of lined up and sort of in this particular sort of steps and, 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 and it, that this is kind of something where God's keeping you sort of pressing into him and sort of not giving you the next 10 steps on. And part of it is, is because there's leadership on your life. And uh, there's, there's been like, I saw you like when you were like a, like a girl that, that there was uh, like people some sort of sometimes misunderstood and they saw, sort of saw the leadership as you being sort of dug in or being stubborn or things like that. But it was actually leadership that's in you. And they were, it was sort of misread, misinterpreted. Uh, but I heard the Lord just say that he's going to begin to start, you know, putting things like step by step. And part of that is because he wants you always leaning into him and not sort of having, you know, too much in front of you. There's a real, you have a real ministry heart though. And I just, I sense the father heart of God in you. And that there's a real compassion that you have. And I just see you just saying, just from early on in your relationship with the Lord, saying, Lord, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I don't care. You know, just it's that whole sort of nickel in God's pocket sort of mentality that you've always had. And I just hear the Lord just saying just how pleased he is, you know, with you with that. And that, that he's because of that, because of that heart, because of that tenderness and, and all of that, that he's going to make sure that you uh, stay on tra- track. Um, and I, I felt that there was some some fiery darts that, that the enemy had thrown at you. Maybe it's the headache thing. I'm not sure. But I felt like there was just some things where the enemy was trying to keep you distracted. Um, you know, just with, with like some stuff like with that, like with physical things or different things like that. Especially when there were important events or things. You All of a sudden this thing would sort of come on. And I felt like that was just sort of this... Um, you know, the enemy trying to get you off course with that. So does this make sense to you? Are you being nice? Don't be nice. It makes sense to you. Any part of it not makes sense? 
Okay, so Father, we just thank you, Lord. I just pray right now we just come against just uh, every attack of the enemy. We come against every lie of the enemy with these headaches. We just break it now by the authority of Christ, and we command it all to go. And just command even the, uh, are you having any pain in there right now? Is there anything? Yeah, are you having something right now? I can, I can kind of feel, is it like a dull ache or something like that? Yeah, I can feel that just right, right in here. Um, Father, we just command that to go by the authority of Christ. I command just vertebrae to line up and just blood vessels to be normal size, normal blood vessels, normal blood flow into the brain, into the body right now. We command her head to be released and to be healed now by the authority of Christ in Jesus' name. Chloe, just sort of roll your neck around if you would. If you were at a 10 before, like whatever you were feeling before, if that was a 10 and zero is no pain, where are you at now? Don't be nice. Zero? All right, praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you get the front row special right here. Man of God. Could you, in orange or yellow? I'm not sure what that is. Could you stand up for me, brother? What's your name, man? David. Yeah, that's a good name. I, knew, I was going to say Joseph. I knew you had a godly name, David. David, I want to... Um, What's Robbie? Is Robbie a godly name? Or is, uh, yeah. Um... Sorry. No, Go okay. ahead. David, I just see the Lord. Um, I see the Lord putting a mighty, using you mightily. I see an evangelistic gift on you. I saw you actually doing, um, working in the prisons and God using you to help people that are really down and out, man. I feel like you got a pretty radical testimony. And I actually, I've never given this word to anybody, but I, the Lord said that there's a Todd White thing on your life, man, that I just feel like, I feel like that you're just, there's a boldness in you that you don't fear man. Like you don't, Bible says fear of man is a snare, but David, that's not with you. And just like David in the Bible slayed Goliath, man, there's Goliath that you're going to take down uh, for the kingdom of God and, and that, that you're running the race well. And I see the Lord, I feel like 2016 is going to be a year where there's some, just some things that have just felt like you've been holding you back, man, that you're going to have breakthrough in, um, in the spirit, in the secret place. And I don't know if you have been even having um, a desire. It's funny because this is kind of Todd's testimony because Todd never read and he couldn't read. I think he had dyslexia, but I just see, I don't know if it's, it's hard for you to read or really pray press into reading the word, but I see God giving you the ability, man. I don't know if you struggle with dyslexia or anything like that, but man, there's going to just be a laser focus in the word where you're going to be able to just eat that thing up and it's going to enrich your heart and strengthen your spirit. And, uh, and God's going to use you to go forth. And I just see you just kind of in the dark places. You know, the first thing I thought of was prison, but just on the streets, helping people, loving people. And God's going to do great things in your life, man. Does this, does this make sense to you at all, brother? Goosebumps, so that's pretty good. All right, man. Well, Father, we thank you for David, Lord. We thank you that he's a giant killer, God. Father, we thank you that you're just going to raise him up. You are raising him up, Lord. Thank you this for a hunger for the word and for just a radical boldness on his life, Lord, to be fearless in the face of the enemy and to love people radically into the kingdom. We bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Is Amanda here? I, I met her earlier, so I have a word for her. So regardless, she'll get it. Um, she works in the back with the kid. Is it the kids? All right. No, she's not. Okay. Um, the guy with the yellow beanie. Yeah. What's your name? Izzy. Is Israel. Awesome. Um, I just 
when I look at you, I see such a boldness over you where there's like this audacity to just excel in everything you put your hands to. And you're almost like in between, I I see you almost in between a door. Like I see you in the, in the hallway and you're like, I want to go here and I want to go there. And it's like, you're trying to like figure out what God actually has for you, but there's so many giftings. And I feel like God's just saying, like, if you would just pick one and run with it because you excel so easily in things that God will bless it. I just feel like there's so much grace and favor on your life that as you've even taken the first step, like he's just, he's causing you to just like literally excel, you know, and there's such a joy. I see almost you restoring joy to your family. Um, there's just a real restoration anointing on your life. Just so, I mean, obviously we all carry restoration once we, you know, receive Jesus, but I'm just saying that there's like such a restoration um, ability to like walk with your family and see them restored to joy. I feel like there's been almost this attack over your family and that you've had to be almost like the rock, but God's bringing you into a place where there's going to be such a liberation and you can just run and it'll be together. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Good, good. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, bless you, Israel. Yes, Jesus. You know, good. <laughs> it's a good prayer. Um, gentlemen back here, you got a suit coat on, I think. Yeah, or is that a, is that, yeah, yeah, you. Is that a, is that a suit coat? Is that like a blazer, blazer type thing? Yeah. I'm just not used to seeing those in vineyard churches. I'm like, wow. So I'm like, wait a minute. Am I seeing things? No, it's fine. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, what's your name, sir? Mark. Mark, I just, uh, I, I just saw like, um, I, I felt like that the Lord was giving you some really interesting, you mentioned work, because I felt like the Lord was giving you some really wisdom in your work. I felt like God was just increasing your influence. And, and whatever you do, like he's sort of expanding your territory and sort of the, the Jabez thing kept coming to mind is that like God's uh, expanding, uh, expanding your territory, expanding your, your area. And that I felt like the Lord too, it, with that was going to give you a, a, an ability to really speak into people's hearts and people's lives uh, that normally would not be as where you wouldn't normally have entrance into. And I heard the Lord say, use that equity and, and that there's going to be some Things that are really going to open up some people's hearts. I felt like too. I, I don't know if you if you own your own business, but I saw you like starting a, 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 like a, a business that was going to really uh, really be a big impact. It was going to it was going to be a big blessing for you, but also it was going to have a big impact and it was going to go really really far. And there was actually I saw you actually doing several things like in business yourself, and that the Lord was really uh, with you in that. And and some of it I think you just sort of what comes to mind is that you had had this idea of, oh, this is supposed to be my thought or my idea or my, and I hear the Lord say, no, it's his idea. And that he's letting you sort of dream sort of the, the dream that he has for you. And that he's really going to begin to expand that territory, expand that influence. 
influence, and also that you're going to mentor other people in that area. Um, Blaine Cook, a, a dear friend of mine, he, he traveled with John Weber for years now, uh, with uh, ministering a lot with Randy Clark. Uh, but I, I just saw like that sort of thing over your life, where where he's a very gifted businessman, but but a. a, a passionate kingdom man. And I just really felt that for you. And I felt too that there was just some dreams that God was going to begin to give you, that he's going to begin to speak to you in dreams and for prophetic words for other people, but also give you strategy and give you some, uh, some things through those dreams. So pay attention to those uh, as well. And I just saw just some hands over your shoulders. And, and I felt like there's, there's just almost like a generational thing of leadership. Uh, and, and just what, what, what maybe you didn't get as affirmation uh, in the past that you're, it's being given to you now, uh, just through the generational line. And I just heard the Lord just say that, that just as a personal blessing for you, uh, just something that is there. So does this make sense to you? It does. I own my own business. Oh, Okay. Cool. And not the in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's just, it's a very thing. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Well, Father, we just thank you for our brother. Just thank you for that gifting on him, and we just pray, Lord, just for again, just um, Lord blessing him indeed. Just as 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 uh, just in, as that prayer with Jabez, Lord, and just for that for his life. Yeah. And we just thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, sir. Bless you. Thank you for that. Guys, got any more? Yeah. Um, it's easy when you get hair like that to get a word because that sticks out. Right Ooh. here in the front. Yeah, oh, the red hair. Okay. Stand up. What's your name? Carly. Carly. I see. Um, I just really sense a real uh, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and I just see you having uh, a lot of encounters in the night with dreams and visions. Do you have? Do you dream regularly? You be honest with me, Carly. She said, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I could tell it was a, you were being nice. Pretty much. Okay. Um, do, you, are, do you remember them? Do you write them down at all? Okay. Well, I just, you know, Jesus said, if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. And so the way to get increase on your life is to just to get what you're getting and start writing it and just ask the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance. But there's things that God wants to download to you in the night um, and to teach you. Um, and have understanding with different things. And I see God, there's, there's a real compassion gift in your, in your heart for people um, that you care about, people that you've been praying for to be saved. I think you've been praying for some people for a long time and you, you've been wanting to see them come to know the Lord, but there's been some things and God's going to start um, just bringing, even highlighting things to you in the night on what specifically to pray for. Um, different things, I see there's strongholds over some of them. God's going to give you wisdom on what to pray for and how to lift them up in prayer because there's a real just gift for you to spend time with the Lord. And, and I don't know what you do, but I see you kind of, um, I see God using you. Um, I don't know if you ever did like a multi-level marketing or anything like that, but, um, do you know what that is? And a much level marketing. Okay. Um, well it's just, it's, it's like a business thing, something to do on the side. So you just put that on the shelf. I don't know if you get an opportunity, but I just see you're very relational with people and I could just see you being very loving and just encouraging others. And that could be another source of, of income or an avenue to help you pursue the things of, of God that what you want to do. So does some of this make sense for you? Yeah, you guys are patting each other back there. What, what's going on back there? No? 
Okay. All right. Well, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your daughter. Father, we pray for dreams and visions, Lord, encounters in the night. God, just give her increase, Lord. Holy Spirit, give her the ability to remember. Your word says that you bring remembrance to everything Jesus has spoken to us, God. So I just release that upon her. Thank you for grace in her heart, Lord. Thank you for just that intercession gift to bring um, lost ones home, Lord. Bring lost ones home. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go for it. Um, who is the worship leader up here? Tyler. Is he here? Tyler? Is he here? Oh, he left us. All right. I'm just going to step out on limb. Who's the, the... There he is. Okay. Awesome. I love the bear's hat, by the way, man. I just um, want to say that, too. There is such... Tyler? I'm surprised Tyler, you guys didn't step me is, for that one. <laughs> I, when we were worshiping, I, I was literally taken up to heaven and encountering the angelic realm like I haven't in a long time. And I feel like there's almost, there's this anointing to go deeper in this season like never before. And I see God's heart like over you and like in you. And there's like a heartbeat that's really like drawing you into the secret place. And I see him waking you up. I don't know if you already wake up early, but I almost see that, that even <laughs> he's a musician. Yeah. I see, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I see you waking up early with the Lord to the point where it's just like, I can't not be with you. Like I feel his presence even right now as I'm speaking. Um, there's such a drawing away and you almost feel the weightiness of it. Like there's a real fear of the Lord in it, like in this season. And wisdom has just been like imparted to you like never before. And you understand the throne room. And I feel like God's just saying he wants to invite you there. And I see you even um, encountering the angelic, but also going in amongst the burning ones. Where there's going to be such a fire released through your worship that it's going to travel. Like it's going gonna, it's gonna to get a lot of attention. I see that over you where it's just like you've just set your you've set, you're set apart for the lord and it's a beautiful thing and it draws in holiness and i see almost this not even just holiness but i see young ones being drawn to you where they're just like teach me what you know i want to know what you know and that's the weightiness of it but i see you equipping other musicians i see your heart for equipping and there's just such a um there's an anointing on your life to see many captives set free. I see you almost just, once you, once you start to enter into that deeper place, I, I, it's already happening, but I see such a level of liberation over, over the body just through your worship. So, amen. So, Jesus, I just thank you for Tyler, Lord. I bless his hands. I bless his worship, God, his voice. I thank you, God, that he will, he will walk amongst the burning ones. He will encounter you in the, in the nighttime, dreams and visions like never before. Grace and favor on his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. Praise God. Good stuff. Um, you know, I'm really uh, torn about what I want to get into. Um, I tell you what, let's do this. Um, let, let's show that video clip. And that'll give me a few more minutes to make a decision. <laughs> uh, uh, this, uh, we're going to show the scene uh, from uh, Holy Ghost Reborn. And then I want to I explain some stuff to you. What I want you to understand about what you're about to see is we had, in approaching uh, these uh, two young ladies, we had no words 
whatsoever. Um, and we just walked up to them and were like, we're just looking for people to pray for. You know, do you need healing? Do you need this? Do you need that? And everything that, that I'm saying, things that Brian is saying, Brian, Brian had, had uh, uh, Brian Schwartz had, had, you know, prayed, had gone out and prayed for a lot of people and, and, and seen them healed. But uh, kind of taking from that healing encounter to the, them accepting Christ was a little bit of new territory for him. And so, um, so the thing I'm so that I love so much about this scene is because it was really uh, an equipping scene. It's where that I'm setting somebody else up rather than stealing them like I was with Wilson is I'm setting somebody else up to be able to to do it, you know, and, and something I say on a regular basis, my greatest joy today is passing the ball to you and watching you make the winning shot versus me making the winning shot. Uh, I, I want to see other people do that. And so this is, as an equipper, this is a really important scene for that. But I want you to watch and see as we're saying things and things are happening, she's experiencing stuff as we're saying it. Many times, you know, for, throughout the whole thing. And, and that is something that we're releasing. That's a part of manifest presence. But there's an authority, and we're going to talk about that in the training on the prophetic. There's an authority that you have to even release things. So let's watch this scene, and then and I'll come back, and then we'll uh, get into what we're going to talk about here. Propagated by the church, I think, for the majority of the, of the part. And part of that is when men have not been able to produce this experience or healing or things like that they begin to produce a a theology that says it's not for today that it doesn't belong in the now or that if you keep following that stuff it's going to be a bunch of shenanigans and stay away and so unbelief has come in through the teaching and unbelief has been saying that it's not for today it's not a reality for now and they've missed the whole point it, 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 it is. And the experiencing God is what's going to bring people. People encountering the healing power of Jesus Christ. People being healed in their bodies, feeling the manifest presence of God. God becomes real. It draws them into a desire to know him. You know, knowing about my wife was wonderful and great. But when I encountered her, when all of a sudden I was in her presence, there was real presence. There's nothing Nothing that takes place of presence. An invisible God can invade our dreams whenever he wants, but for some reason, he prefers for us to reach out to each other, one child introducing another child to the father they never knew they had. And when we put ourselves in a position to be used as agents of love, Jesus is able to do things the way he always intended. I went to Greece with old friend Robbie Dawkins and Brian Schwartz, an ex-NFL linebacker turned Jesus freak. We went to Aristotle Square in Thessaloniki, where we began praying for people under the watchful eye of the patron saint of logic and reason. On this, uh, the, the arm is, uh, is getting a, a high, till, till this. No, you no, can't raise it higher than raise that? It. No. I can, but... Uh, it's pain. It hurts. It's pain the shoulder. Do you mind standing up? Yes, would you mind standing? Go ahead. We pray for you. We pray for you. Can you show me where the pain hurts the when, most? When you lift it, where it hits the most. Is that the position that makes it hurt the most? Vivian. Vivian. Jesus is about to heal you right now. 
Jesus is about to heal you right now. Yes. Just relax. Jesus will, is going to heal you. He's going to show you how much he loves you and cares about you. We're going to lay our hand on you and pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. You go ahead and translate. In the name of Jesus Christ. We release healing. We rebuke the spirit of infirmity. We break its power. In the name of Christ Jesus. We release healing down her spine. Through the shoulder. We command all pain to go now. The ligaments and the tendons to be strengthened. And the entire shoulder capsule to be healed. In Jesus' name, be healed now. Alright, have her test it. Now, if it was at a 10 before, and zero is no pain. Where are you at now? And don't be nice. Voice tell us the truth. What's it Give us a number. Give us a number. It's all right. It's okay. Give us a number. It's okay. Okay. Jesus is healing you. Yes. Right. He's showing you how much he loves you. We will pray again. We'll pray again. It'll go to a zero. Yeah, okay. Just relax. Just relax. He loves you. Just tell her how much he loves her. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, fill. You may be wondering why they're praying multiple times. Often, for whatever reason, healings don't happen all at once. As Robbie likes to say, if Jesus had to pray for a blind man twice, then he's got at least seven shots to do the same. All pain go now in Jesus' name. Be healed completely. Let it be finished now. In Jesus' name. They have her tested to try it again. Give me a number. Give us a number. Be completely honest. One. One. Okay, we'll pray for the one. Be down to zero, okay? Yeah, amen. Okay? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that one would go all the way to a zero. Your daughter would be healed. In the name of Jesus, we bless her and we release your grace and peace over her life. Yes, Lord. And we pray for healing to her body, also to her heart, Into her mind. We bless her. We bless her now in the name of Jesus. Be healed, be whole in Jesus' name. Stonema to Sukristum, Athrapetista Elios, to Soma, is to Pnevma, Tora, Jesus' name. Stonema to Sukristum. What you're feeling on you right now is God's presence. 
Η παρουσία του Χριστού να ξέρει Σου δίνει ελπίδα και σου δίνει ζωή τώρα. Anything at all. Don't be nice. Tell us the truth. Give us a number. Zero. Jesus loves you. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Είσαι πολύ πιστο κορίστο, ξέρεις. Yes. And we, the Lord loves you so much. Tell her. She's not alone. He's come to give her hope. He's a, he's a father. You're his daughter. Do you know Jesus? You know, it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. What Jesus just did for your shoulder... He's offering now to do for your entire life. He's offering to do for your entire life. He wants to heal all the lonely places, all the hurt places where people have hurt you and wounded you. He wants to heal them. In him healing your shoulder, he just was inviting you to a relationship with him. Because he loves you so much. And you can do that right now. You can do my friend Brian here. He can pray for you right now and you can accept Jesus into your life. Would you like to do that? We will ask. You just ask Jesus, just come into my life, be, be Lord. Come in, I want to come have a relationship with you. We can lead you in that prayer right now. Do you want this? Of course. Would you like to do that now? Yeah. We can pray with you right now. Say, Father. You just say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I receive your grace and your love. I want a brand new heart. I want to be saved. I ask you right now, Jesus, would you save me? Would you be the Lord of my life? Would you give me a new heart? Would you give me a new uh, heart? And a new life. And take the old things away. And make all things new. Miracles aren't logical. And God isn't bound by our simple reason. Once he sets his eyes on one of his children, he will do whatever it takes to bring them home, even if it's at midnight on a park bench on the other side of the world. Praise God. 
Uh, one, a couple of things I want to point out about that is that, first of all, as we're saying, as we're saying, you know, Jesus is, you know, you're, what you're feeling right now is the presence of God. Uh, afterwards, she told us, she said, as you started saying that, I, had, I was already feeling a little bit, but it just came over me like a rush over my entire body. And there's an authority that we have to release things as well as speaking things. And so I want to I focus on both of those and what we're going to be talking about, about growing in the prophetic. I want to really focus on, on those, you know, understanding, you know, what that is and the authority that we have. Because, again, something I say everywhere I go is all of us have, we have no clue how much power and authority that we actually do have and that the Lord is inviting us to operate in. We think we're waiting for more power and authority. You're not. It's waiting for you. It's waiting for you to step into it. It's waiting for you to activate it. It's waiting for you to, you know, to engage in it. And so uh, we're not waiting for more. Now, in talking about the prophetic, there's a couple of things I want to sort of set you know, the, the stage for. And what I'm going to talk about, growing up in the church and, and my parents having a primarily Pentecostal sort of background experience, you know, we would grow up and, and we would hear typical words like, you know, the, everything had to start with, thus saith the Lord. And it would, you know, come out as this really authoritative, you know, typically for our experience, it would be like somebody giving a message in tongues, which means they would, you know, take a, a, a you know, a few seconds or minutes and, or, and, and just speak in tongues for a little bit. And then somebody would interpret it. And it always start with, thus saith the Lord. The interpretation of the, of the tongue was, thus saith the Lord. And so it was, it was in some of the words that we gave, some of the words that were given were, Many times coming away and going, I wonder if that was really the Lord or not. I wonder if that wasn't just the emotion of the person or emotion of the thing. Well, let me just tell you, I want you to take away the thus saith the Lord and take away the, you know, God saying to you right now, this is what you don't. If, if it's a word from the Lord, you saying thus saith the Lord or saying it, which probably most of you haven't even heard that phrase, thus saith the Lord. But it, it, somebody saying God's saying to you right now, you don't have if it's a word from the Lord, you don't have to say that to make it authoritative. If it's a word from the Lord, it's a word from the Lord. You know, and so you don't have to sort of lend that behind it. But we would hear, you know, somebody saying, you know, thus saith the Lord. And, and, and they would go into this. And there's, there's a lot of them that were, some of these I have actually encountered myself. I've been in the, in the place where I heard this. Others where I was just sort of in the, in, you know, I'd heard about them. But uh, this one woman is at this church and she's really angry at the leadership of the church and the direction they're taking the church. And she stands up and gives this message in tongues and she says, she stands up and she says, thus saith the Lord, behold, my anger is kindled against this house. She goes, behold, my finger is outstretched and I am about to write Knickerbocker across your door. Well, if you understand the biblical context of that, it's supposed to be Ichabod, which means the spirit of the Lord left this place, but she somehow got that mistaken with Knickerbocker. So... You know, the Lord forgot, you know, Ichabod and said Knickerbocker. Um, another another uh, man was at a church and he got up and, you know, trying to give a word of encouragement. He's like, thus saith the Lord, just as my servant Moses built an ark and loaded it full of animals. And that I saw them through the 40 days and 40 nights of flooding and storms. So I will see you through as I did with my servant Moses. And then he sits down and everybody's quiet and going, 
I think it's Noah, you know. And then he stands up and he goes, thus saith the Lord. I meant to say my servant Noah instead of my servant Moses. Um, I actually was in the presence of hearing this one. This, uh, this uh, lady stood up in, in, the ch- in the church and she says, uh, she goes, thus saith the Lord. There is fear on the left. Yay, there is fear on the right. Yay, there is fear above and yay, there is fear beneath. Behold, there is fear behind and there is fear ahead. Why, I am even a little afraid myself, says the Lord. Some of these are very interesting. This one, uh, uh, I was actually at this service. I, I, I could tell a bunch of these, actually, but I, I, I don't want to take too much time telling those. But there was actually at this meeting, this guy called me and he said, you know, he, it was a youth pastor and it was this particular holiness church. And he was like, we really want you to come and, and bring your youth group as part of this, uh, this youth conference. It was not a youth conference. They, were, they called it a youth rally, which just means a big youth gathering back in those days. And so uh, he's like, we've got this guest speaker. Please come, please. So we finally took our youth group, and I mean, this this is a youth meeting where you know ushers have ties and uh, suit jackets on. The speakers all have suits on. You know, I'm there with my motley crew youth group, and you know, I I, I told everybody, please don't wear shorts. I don't think these people would you know would like that. You know, try to wear something other than a t-shirt that says something that would be provocative to them. You know, we just don't want to we don't want to take this too far. So we get there, and this guy gets up, and he gives this long message in tongues. I mean, it went for like a minute and a half. Now you have to understand a minute and a half message in tongues. It feels like an hour and a half when it's being given, you know, because it's just really long. And so he's given this long message in tongues. The senior pastor stands up to interpret the tongues. And this was the interpretation of this minute and a half long message in tongues. He says, thus saith the Lord, idiots, you're all a bunch of idiots and sat down. And I laughed. I went, <laughs> like that. And one of the ushers comes over and he's like, shh. And I'm like, what are you snapping at me for? You should be snapping at him. How would, God would never give a word like that. Are you kidding me? Now, as a pastor, I was tempted to give a word like that, but I would never give it, you know? I mean, I would know better than to use God's name like that. But there's been so much uh, sort of abuse and sort of misuse of things that we have a large portion of the church that is steered clear you know of words one of the things that i want you to understand as we go through sort of the next couple of days teaching on this is that one of the things that it's and we're going to read it here where it spells it out that there's a specific purpose for this that we see a new testament model and we see an old testament model and I want you to understand, obviously, the Old Testament model is under law and under sort of this perspective of legalism. The New Testament model is under grace. And so I want you to see the difference in that as we talk about this. But throughout Scripture, when we talk about you know, human beings hearing the voice of God, throughout Scripture, this thing that we call relationship with Christ or, or Christianity, you know, it's all about relationship. And it's about relationship with the Father. It's about relationship with the Holy Spirit relationship with Jesus and communication is essential to the relationship God is not being quiet with you God is speaking to us all the time 
He's speaking to us all the time. What I really hope to unpack for you is for you to discover ways that God is already talking to you that you may have not have recognized or realized is the voice of God. And so I, I hope that that happens in this. But we see, cover to cover in scripture, there's 2,100 verses, 2,100 verses of God speaking to human beings and God engaging human beings. He's a talkative God. He likes to communicate. And let me tell you something. Again, communication is crucial in relationship. I mean, if in my wife's and our relationship, if we didn't have communication, there's no relationship. Communication is crucial. Now, some of us, you know, communicate different ways. You know, some of us communicate with words. Some of us communicate more with actions or with, you know, there's different. Now we understand. What, what, did, we, what did we do before the book about love languages came out? Like, how do we know each other's communication, you know, uh, ability? I mean, you know, how did, we, how, did we, how did we conclude that until we had that sort of, you know, revelation into the human uh, expression of love languages? But there's, there's, there's over 2,100 verses. God really wants to engage with us. Now, I believe, and we'll talk about this a little bit more as we get into it probably tomorrow, but I believe the human body... I really believe the human body, the human spirit, the soul realm, all of that was a communication device for God to exchange with us. He made us to be able to sense things, feel things, for us to encounter things, all for the purpose of communication. So the problem is, is that we think because we have certain thoughts or whatever, we, we think, oh, those are just my thoughts because I have them. That's not God. But actually, how God primarily communicates to you is through your mind. He communicates thoughts into your mind. He communicates uh, things into us. The, the enemy is constantly trying to rob us of that experience. And so he's constantly trying to convince us that those thoughts are, are not from God or that that's not God communicating, but that is just our thought process and our thinking process. Now, obviously, when we use this for the right purpose and for, you know, as I was growing up in church, I remember the first time we had, now my mother was a very prophetic woman. I didn't realize that, you know, for, for the longest time. I, I thought, you know, just what she did, you know, somehow, you know, she just had this understanding of things. I just thought it was sort of a female intuitive ability. But now I began to realize that there, there <laughs> I believe that that is true, that there is that. But I also believe that a lot of that has to do with just what, what was it with her was just God speaking to her. And a lot of that, if you see in my new book, Identity Thief, I feel like a lot of that gift in her was suppressed and was pushed down really by my father. My father, if he was standing here, he'd tell you the same thing. And part of it was because he was threatened by the fact that there was some issues in his life that weren't on track and that he wasn't walking in, in the true identity he should be in. And that was keeping that. And so he... he squashed that gifting in many ways, you know, in her life. And that was really tragic because she was a very gifted, very anointed woman, you know? So there's, there's all sorts of reactions that the church has had to that. And I think there's a balanced way that we can do this. We can live this to where that there is, you know, a place where it's in harmony and peace and being normal and sometimes we try to take things and make them, you know, we think, and I'll show you a video tomorrow, I'll talk about don't be weird and call it God, that we have a tendency to just do weird stuff and just want to call that God and that I'm spiritual because I'm just weirder. You know what I mean? 
you know, one of my concerns, and I, I, I told Darren and I told Todd this, one of my concerns after Holy Ghost Reborn is that everybody's going to you know, want to just grab a bullhorn and go running through the streets. And you have to realize, you know, in that particular scene where Todd is, is at, that, you know, a lot of the people there aren't understanding what he's saying because they are Italian and they don't speak English, you know. But I believe there's a lot, too, that the Spirit translates you know, that we don't, aren't aware of. And so I don't want you to see that as, okay, this is what we're talking about as a, as a model, but we're sort of following the prompting of the spirit in that moment, in that time, but don't make that a pattern to where we're like, this is what we live by. And this is how we're going to demonstrate being more spiritual or anything like that. Because we want to get that from the Lord, not just from, you know, sort of being familiar with somebody else's pattern. Does that make sense? But at the same time, being familiar with patterns is also a good thing. And you'll hear me you know, reference that. 1 Corinthians 12, 2 says this. And we, I rarely have uh, slides and stuff like that. But this is one, thank God, that we actually have. So I know all of you are just gobsmacked, to use a British term, uh, by the fact that I have those. But um, it says God is not like, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 2, it says God is not like idols that do not speak. God is not sort of this stone fixture. He is a communicating God. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1 in the ISV, it says, Keep on pursuing love. Keep on desiring spiritual gifts, especially the ability to prophesy. Paul is, in, is pressing us. He says, and in that word desire, if you really take it and break it down, it's almost like lust after. He's like, I want you to have this passionate desire. I want you to have this passionate pursuit that sort of drives you. And that is that I want you to really desire the gift of prophecy. So that is something that you're instructed in to, you know, buy scripture, desire this, want this, you know, press into this. And that's what, what Paul is saying, because there's something very powerful about prophecy. And part of it, we're going to, you know, we're going to see as we go. But part of that is just being able, people being able to hear something that's from the Lord that they weren't, they weren't aware of, or they weren't aware of sort of God being in their circumstances. One of the things I love about sort of the inner healing ministry is how powerful powerful that it takes people through an encounter of experiencing Jesus in the midst of pain that he was there he was fighting for them he was warring for them he was he was contending for them it's a powerful powerful picture and a very powerful ministry that comes that, that brings people an immense amount of freedom to realize the lord is there he's not absent he wasn't not there he wasn't you know hands off he was engaged he was in in, in pursuit of you experiencing that and encountering him and knowing him. And that is one of the things prophecy does is it brings Jesus into a circumstance where a lot of people may feel like he's not there, that he's not in. It brings Christ into it and it reveals stuff that helps. Now, let's take a look at that Old Testament and New Testament. In prophecy, we see an Old Testament model of prophecy and we see a New Testament sort of model of prophecy. You know, when I'm around, uh, my, my, I was talking with Bob Hazel uh, a couple of days ago for like, two, we had like a two hour conversation. And for some reason, I, I, I know Bob doesn't like to talk on the phone. But I don't know if it's just, you know, my charm or graciousness, but every time we get on the phone together, we can't get off. Now, the whole time, you know, now, the Todd is one of these guys that he, when, when you were talking about the word for him, I hope you don't text the way that Todd texts. When Todd starts texting you, he doesn't stop until you call him. <laughs> he is a persistent, 
passionately pursuit man. And he's like, dude, call me right now. I'm like, I'm preaching right now. I can't call you right now. You know, where Bob's like, call me when you can. And then it's like three days later. And he's like, I totally forgot, man. I just thought you were going to, you know, it's, it's such funny, different personalities. But Bob, whenever I'm around Bob, Bob is this like Old Testament sort of prophet thing about him. You know, first of all, he's got that brow that sort of looks sort of Old Testament. And when he looks at you, you know, for those of you who don't have never seen Bob, you, I think you will. I think we're, we're doing something here in a few months, actually. Um, but Bob is just, you know, he sort of strikes me as this Old Testament prophet guy, you know, and, and um, he just sort of has this, you know, and, and, and a very powerful revelation, you know, uh, that, 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 he, that he releases when he, when he gives this. And so there's this, and so I'm, I'm not saying that we throw out the, uh, the other model of the Old Testament, but I'm saying there was like a lot of misunderstanding. We thought when I was growing up in church that if it didn't deliver like an Old Testament prophet, that it really wasn't God. I mean, there had to be this weightiness. There had to be this challenge. Do this or you will die. You know, I mean, oh, that's a word from God because he threatened that we were all going to die if we didn't do it. You know, and we sort of had that sort of box about it, you know, and, and yet what we see in stark contrast in the New Testament is a very different thing. Now, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of challenge, and forgive me, this is not really a preaching thing, this is a teaching thing, so give me grace to, you know, so many of you are probably more used to hearing me teach or preach, you know, more so, but in, in sort of that Old Testament, you see the last of the Old Testament's prophets, you know, officially sort of end with John the Baptist, and there was this John the Baptist, and Jesus calls him the greatest of all the prophets. And I believe, my, 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 I can't say for certain, but my conclusion is that is because it was an end of an era. It was an end of a form of how God spoke. And John was, you know, repent, be baptized, come, you know, pointing at Herod, you're, you've, you've taken your brother's wife, you need to repent. You know, there was sort of this exposing of sin and call, you know, to salvation, we see something drastically different in Jesus's uh, in Jesus's ministry. Now, uh, how a lot of that has been depicted to us has not been that, but I really believe it was it was it was a very different sort of you know call. And and, and Jesus's statement about John is sort of remind John, and or John even says, "I must decrease in order for him to increase. I'm the end of something. He's the start of a new thing." And so I've got to, I've got to decrease. And so what I want to say is also we need to sort of decrease sort of that old perspective to broaden into a new perspective and a new purpose and a new intent. And so Old Testament prophecy, this was its purpose. Its number one purpose was really foretelling. And that means telling something before it happens. Foretelling is re- revealing something before it takes place. So you see, you know, the Lord, the, of course, uh, the, the most prevalent thing of the Old Testament prophets that were prophesying about the coming Messiah. You know, there's a Messiah that's coming, a liberator coming, one that will redeem you, one that will turn the system on its head, turn it upside down. And so you see that foretelling happening. You see over and over, you know, prophecies about Moses coming. You know, different prophecies are, are constantly foretelling, telling things before they transpire before they have it. That's, that's a foretelling gift. That's something the Lord will use you in. And so many times we can even step into that 
And the problem is, is so many times we have expected the spirit of God to sort of grab our bodies, sort of apprehend us, incarcerate our physical being in many ways, and sort of take over, you know, and sort of, you know, make us do these things that are sort of, it's against our, we're having to like prophesy and we're trying to not do it because it's so harsh and so strong. And we sort of have that picture of, oh, that's what it looks like when God uses you. Uh, somebody we were just talking about earlier, I, I love uh, Stacy and Wes Campbell. And, and with Stacy Campbell, when you look at Stacy Campbell prophesy, you're like, dude, I can't turn my head that fast. You know, I mean, she's like, her head is like, and I, I saw her do it when she was like eight months pregnant. It was like, I was like, Ugh! she needs like three catchers right now because she's pregnant, you know, but she's, 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 you know, there, there's sort of this thing that's sort of easier. Now we sort of think, oh, I've got to have something like that. You know, in, in, in order for God to use me. And, and, and sort of some people will sort of grab a hold of that and start prophesying like that because they think, well, that's what it has to look like when God uses you. I have a weird thing that probably many of you have noticed. Few people have brought it up, I think, to just spare my dignity. But when I get, like, when I start feeling the Holy Spirit, I have this weird sort of manifestation or expression that happens to where that I will be like, like that. Has anybody noticed it? It's embarrassing. My kids call it Holy Ghost Tourette's. <laughs> They're like, Dad, you have like these Holy Ghost Tourette's. You're like, you know, like I'll just. And, and it's almost like the, the tingling down the back of your neck or going down your spot. And it's like, you're just, it's, it's not something that I think of or that. And when I see it, matter of fact, they, they caught a little bit. I begged Darren. Please edit it out of the movie before you don't see that. It's in Furious Love. I think it's in actually every last one of them. But anyway, it sort of hits me that way. And one of the things I've been very thankful for is that nobody else seems to try to mimic that in order to feel like God is on them. And I think they're thinking, I would rather turn my head like Stacey Campbell than sort of have that manifestation. And I think part of it, I don't, I can't, yeah, I'm going to try to justify it and I can't, so I'll just move on. It was just me making stuff up to sort of feel better about myself. But anyway, so for some reason that happens and I don't know why. But you have sort of a pattern that you'll see and one of the things I want to encourage you is don't necessarily follow the pattern unless God is doing something in it. In a pattern, but take permission. When you see Stacy give sort of the words that she gives in those, they're pretty. They're pretty crazy. I mean, they're. Pr- I mean, crazy amazing. You know what I mean? Uh, when you when you see that you know happen in, in Darren's next movie, uh, Sean Boltz and I are supposed to be going down. I, I'm not supposed to say what country it's at. Darren makes us promise all this weird stuff that I don't understand. But anyway. Uh, and, and, you know, Sean, if, you have, if you've seen Sean, he's got a crazy prophetic gift. You know, I mean, pretty bizarre, you know, that, as, as the way it happens. Well, there's, there's sort of, again, in this Old Testament sort of perspective, there's the purpose of, of, of revealing things that are unknown. And again, we call that foretelling. But then there's also this other side of it that I want you to really grab a hold of. You can do foretelling that's great. It's powerful. And I want you to push into it. Give yourself permission to try to, to try, to press into it. But there's the other thing, and that is forthtelling. 
And foretelling is you release something to happen, and it happens as a result. Some people call them declarations, or there's different, different wordings for it, but sort of the classic prophetic training in that is foretelling. You're releasing something to happen. Now, some people don't like it, and they call it, you know, that you think you're creating and things like that. Well, God created us in his image, and he gave us his power and authority to operate in. So I believe that there's a part of that that can be very true, that you are releasing something, an authority that Christ has given you. And so, but if you'll notice, everything that Jesus is doing and everything that's being done in a foretelling way in the New Testament, and even in the Old Testament, is never for the benefit and, and, and sort of self-gain of the individual who's giving the word. It's always for the benefit of others. Now, the only time where you see somebody doing it for their own benefit, or, or there's, a, there's a few times, but you see like Balaam. Now, listen to this. Isn't this interesting? Balaam is known. What type of prophet is Balaam known at in the Old Testament? A false prophet. And yet the king says to Balaam, everything you prophesy comes to pass. And yet he's labeled a false prophet. Why? Have you ever wondered that? I believe it's because he was doing it for self-gain. You never want to take the power of God and use it for self-validation or for self-promotion or for self-gain. You always want to do it as a purpose of making Jesus famous, as spreading the fame, of bringing people into relationship, of bringing them into an awareness of who Christ is. That's our balance right there. That's the check our spirit thing. Now, there's many times I'll go to give a word to somebody to demonstrate or to prove the reality of God's presence, to, pr- to prove his passionate pursuit. When I'm looking at the girl in the video and I say, Jesus is about to heal you right now, I don't have a word of knowledge about that. I'm making a declaration. I am forthtelling. I am releasing something to happen. And you can do the same thing. When it's for the purpose, again, of bringing somebody closer to Christ or bringing in, in a connection. And so there's power in that, but we have to always keep the place of the right motive. Now you saw a lot of, there could be a lot of abuses that were done in that in the church when it was for one's personal prosperity or one's personal self-gain. And we have to be careful. I believe God wants to prosper us. I, I, there's no question in my mind. The scripture says it over and over again, so I believe that that's true. But when my motive and objective is to see God's power use, being used for my own prospering, my own self-gain, then we're, I believe that that's misappropriating the power that God had intended for. God will prosper us. Here's, here's, here's how God prospers you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and God will take care of everything you need. See, that's, that's what, what's first and foremost. You put God's stuff first, and God will put your stuff. God will take care of your stuff. That's, that's the Robbie Dawkins version right there. You know, you, the, you, you put God's stuff first and foremost. Kind of keep it first in your life. And God will take care of your stuff. And so when we, put, when we keep that in that perspective and we see that, with that forth telling that we're releasing something. Uh, how many of you remember the M&M where I, where I was with my family at the M&M candy store in New York City? How many of you remember that story? Okay. So, you know, that was a forth telling moment. Here, here, you know, this woman's in, she's all 
lost her granddaughter. She can't remember where she's at. Her tour bus is leaving in five minutes. She's in a desperate place. And I look at her and I say, you know, listen, and there's these security guards there. Jesus is about, you know, I said, I'm, I'm going to call for, uh, I said, have you, you believe in the power of prayer? And she's like, yeah. I mean, to her, that was like saying, do you believe in Santa Claus? And I said, good, because I'm going to pray right now and I'm going to call for your granddaughter, wherever she's at, to hear your name being called out, her name being called out, and for her to be told to stop what she's doing, to run to the M&M candy store, to be here within three minutes, her tour bus was leaving in five to go back to the airport, for her to be here within three minutes so that you'll know how much Jesus Christ loves you and is pursuing you and wants a relationship with you. Now, what am I doing there? Forth telling, that's risk. That's me taking a risk. Foretelling many times is a risk that you're taking, okay? And so I put that out there. And so I said, that's what I'm about to pray. I grab her hand and I said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. By the authority of Christ, I call for that little girl, wherever she's at, for her to hear her name being called out, for her to be told to come to stop what she's doing, to run to the M&M candy store that her and her grandmother and I are waiting for her here in front of the Blue Elvis M&M within three minutes so this grandmother would know, the security guys would know. By that time, a crowd was gathering around so that everyone listening to me will know that Jesus Christ is in hot pursuit of them. Now, what did I just do when I said that? I made this very specific by putting a purpose on it. So this wasn't just a power demonstration. It was power, as John Wimber used to say, it was power for a purpose. I just added the purpose to it. Now, there would be great purpose, of course, in a grandmother finding her granddaughter who was lost in Times Square, you know, and couldn't remember what store she was in. There's great purpose in that. But I just cranked it up and I involved everybody in the purpose of that by saying that. Within three minutes so that everybody will know. And then I, I let go of her hand and she's looking at me like I'm crazy. I step back and I'm like. <laughs> and the guy who was with me, who was a pastor in New York. He's like, he goes, what are you doing? You speaking in tongues? And I was like, no, I'm counting. He said, like, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three? I said, yes. And he goes, you believe this is going to happen? I said, I know this is going to happen. By the time I got to 83 one thousands, that little girl ran in the store, ran right in front of her grandmother, and she goes, Grandma. And the grandmother grabs her hands, and she turns and looks at me. And she looks back at her granddaughter. She goes, how did you know to come here? And she goes, well, I was four stores down. I was playing with a toy and I heard somebody shout out my name and they said, stop what you're doing. Run to the M&M candy store. Your grandmother is waiting for you in front of the blue Elvis M&M. Don't walk, run now. She goes, so I threw the toy down and I ran here as fast as I could. Now, I looked at that grandmother and, and, I, and she, she, she turned and she looked at me and I looked at her and I said, now, and the security guards were like, we got to get you out of here. And the grandmother looked at me and she goes, I swear to God, I'll pray every day, every day. I'll pray every day. And I looked at her and I said, now don't forget what Jesus just did for you. And in doing that for you, he invited you to a relationship. You need to think about how are you going to respond to Jesus's invitation to you? And as she's walking out, wiping the tears out of her eyes, she says, sir, how could I ever forget that? She goes, I'll never forget that. As they whisked her out the door because she had to get to her tour bus. And my friend looked at me and he goes, did God tell you to say that? 
And I said, no. And he goes, what? He goes, what made you think you had a right to say that? I said, because if I didn't say it, nothing would have changed. There would have been no change. Everything would have been the same. This would have probably been some disaster story, some tragic end to, some, to, to this story, to this circumstance. If, if we hadn't have said that, nothing would have changed. Now, you, again, you have way more power and authority than you realize. And I, since I've shared that story publicly, you know, many times it's in, it's in the book, Do What Jesus Did. But since I've shared that story, I have had so many stories. I remember these two, uh, these two uh, elderly ladies who were, uh, I was in California in SoCal. I don't remember which area, part of SoCal. But anyways, I was at this church and, and I was doing this training on this. And these two ladies went to the mall to pray for people. We were sending them out to go and do ministry and, and they came back and this lady came and she goes, she goes, this was amazing. She goes, this woman lost her keys to her car. And she goes, the security, uh, one of the security guys was there and he was asking for a description of the keys and they were trying, they couldn't find the keys to her car. And she goes, she said, I looked at her and she goes, your keys are going to be here within five minutes so that you'll know how much Jesus Christ loves you and is pursuing you and wants a relationship with you. Do you understand me? And the lady's like, what? (laughs) And she goes, yes, in five Five minutes, those keys are going to show up, you know, so that you'll know that. And she goes, I didn't even pray. She goes, I forgot about the prayer part. And then I was like, that's fine. (laughs) Three and a half minutes later, another security guard pulls up and he goes, are these the keys you're looking for? And it was her keys. And she's like, she said, where did you find those? He said, literally, they were two lanes over. She had not even been over to that lane. She had not even been to that lane. How they got there, nobody knows. You know, but she had not even been over to that, to that, to that, you know, going down that aisle where the car's parked. But again, we have more power and authority. I can tell you many stories along those lines, but we don't have time for that. So anyway, we see sort of this, you also see that there was a revealing of new doctrine in the Old Testament. Hebrews 1, 1 talks about it. It says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors many times and in many ways through the prophets. And so there was a revelation of of doctrine, of new teaching, of God communicating a new way, a new form. And so these were things that were being released. And this is how people got it. This is how we have the scripture. This is how it's through the prophetic gift of people uh, hearing and seeing. Now, we sort of think again... But what, and this part of it is because so much unbelief has been pumped into the church that we have now sort of, we've, we've sort of relegated, well, like that was a different style of hearing. You know, their eyes rolled back in their head and they were like, you know, and then they just rattled off, you know, numbers, you know, and that's how they got that. Not true. Not true. They're going off the same impressions, senses, and, and things like that that you and I get. They just knew how to pay attention to them. And so now, it doesn't mean that what we have is equal to Scripture. The Scripture makes that very clear, and you're going to hear, hear me make that point here in just a minute. In the New Testament, though, we see a transition. We see a shift occur. And at 1 Corinthians 14, 2 through, C, it's th- 2 through 3, it says, But the person who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, for their encouragement, and for their comfort. Now, this is the primary way that we need to gauge how we give words. So people, when I do training with people, you know, people, I've had people say, you know, I sense this calamity coming. I sense, and how many of you know, we are surrounded by that, by these days. 
you know, destruction coming, you know, this, this, this things. And wherever you land on that, I'm not even going to try to sift through your processing and conclusions on that. But let me say this. Comfort, strength, and exhort is pretty clear here. That if God speaks something, it's for the blessing. Now, let me, let me just say... If we get to, sorry, I said I wasn't going to do this here and here. I'm about to do it, but just give me the grace to do this. But let me tell you something. I mean, I I get where people are like, you know, we need to store food. We need, okay, if you feel to do that, that's fine. I live in the country. Storing food is just called wisdom. Because we're out in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? I mean, buying enough gas ahead of time is just being smart, okay? It's It's not expecting calamity. But it is being prepared, and you need to do that. However, stopping and saying, and we need to stockpile guns to kill the people who try to come and steal our food, isn't really... Now, don't get me wrong. Again, I live in the country, and I have been known to fire off a round or two every now and then, just out of fun and out of enjoyment and stress relieving, okay? Uh, However, but sitting there with that sort of mentality... You know, that we got to... Listen, let me tell you something. God's answer to that is the multiplication of food. God's response to that is share what you have. Give it away. Why? Because you do that, God will give you more. So sitting up, storing up, expecting... Let me tell you something. If you, if you, if you save for a rainy day, you'll have one. Okay? Just, that's free part right there. All right, sorry if I'm meddling with somebody here, but if I've offended you, good. Anyway... <laughs> But I mean, if we're going to, if I'm storing something, I'm storing something to share, to spread, to to give life, to be a blessing. You know what I mean? Because then I know God will will, will prosper us uh, to give more. I I, I just, again, can I I really say, can I get myself in a lot of trouble here? Is that okay? Okay, I'm not going to look at Van because I don't want to put him on, throw him under the bus by saying that. But you know, the the ISIS, the, the, the refugee thing is real conflicting for me. It's real conflicting because I want to open up and say, bring them all. Let's share Jesus with them all. Let's do that. But at the same time, I want to be wise with our population. You know, it's a very conflicting thing. And I think this is where we really have to pray for wisdom for our leaders. That they be very wise and that they not just do a a knee-jerk reaction thing, but at the same time that they be compassionate and loving and caring. I mean, I, I have prayed for Syria. You have no idea how, how, just in times past, how much I have prayed for Syria. And then to see an opportunity for this world's population to be sent. I mean, it's, it's very conflicting. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I'm like, Lord, you know, I'll just go live there. I'll be happy to go live there. Just let me do that, you know? But anyway, uh, I hope you hear my heart in, in saying that. And that we, we need to pray for them for wisdom. I understand. But at the same time. It's never, ever wrong to err on the side of compassion. It's ne- you just never miss. If I can just, again, if, if I've offended anybody, good. But anyway, so let me get back on track here. I apologize if I got off on that. But um, comfort, strength. So we need to pull away, in that case, from sort of that mentality and that communication of, of sort of, you know, this, do this or else, you know, God's going to flatten all of us. Rather, see what is the benefit? What is Christ calling us to? If there's something that's, that's more severe, you know, I, I, I know this about Chris Fallaton. Like, like a lot of his words can be really strong and, 
you know, I've heard him, seen them in person. I've been on the receiving end of them in that way too. At the same time, I mean, part of that is like his and Bob's sort of prophet style. It's, it's a part of it is the weightiness of what they're sort of receiving from the Lord. The other side of that though too is that I've seen this massive shift from the beginning of sort of Bethel's trek to now, to where now it's a call to identity. You know, that there's this massive shift in that. And they are always thinking the balance of call to identity versus calling out, you know, current circumstances and things like that. And so when we go to give a word, if, if, here, here's the thing. We used to always have a rule in our church that if you ever were to give a word to somebody about sin, first of all, you always had to have a pastor there to judge it. Because they weren't there just judging the word. They were judging the attitude it was giving in. They were judging the word itself. They were judging the spirit of the word. There was all these things they were sort of judging in that. But it also always had to be just saturated and baptized in love. And a call to something, not an exposing of something. And, and, and that's, that's so true. I love what Chris says when he says, dig for the gold, not the dirt. We're after the gold. So we always look for the gold, not the dirt. Because if we just look for dirt, you're going to find dirt in everybody. And that's not the point. We want to call out identity. We want to call out purpose. We want to call those things out. So upbuilding, encouraging, and that also, and people are like, oh, that's just for us as believers, but for the unbelievers. No. That's, that's for all of us, and this is where it gets into that. First Corinthians 14, 24 through 25, the sign for the unbelievers, it says, but if everyone is prophesying when an unbeliever or an uneducated person comes in, he will be convicted. Now, I want you to hear that word, but I want you to pay attention to, I want to I hopefully expose a context for you, okay? Is this helpful? Four of you. Okay, good. I'm hitting four of you this is helpful for. Um, For an unbeliever, an uneducated person comes in, he will be convicted by all and examined by all. Now, isn't that interesting? The secrets of his heart will become known so that he will bow down to the ground, worshiping God, declaring God is truly among you. Now, when I heard this growing up in the, in sort of the context of the church that I grew up in, the exposing of the heart and all that was the evil part. You'll expose the dirty secret. You'll expose it. And then they'll be convicted because conviction was like a bad word. Well, how many, how many of you know, you know, Christ convicts us to righteousness. He convicts us to right doing. He doesn't convict the wrongdoing. He calls us to the right doing. And this, there's a massive shift that occurs when you see, now growing up, I would hear the, the teaching that, that would be given as a, as a kid where Jesus would stop. And if you see Jesus is like the woman who is caught in adultery, who's thrown at his feet, you know, and they're saying, what would you do with this woman? You know, Jesus is, his response is, you know, he looks and he says, well, whoever's here without sin, you get to cast the first stone. Well, nobody throws a stone. You know, now the only person that would have had a right based on that would have been who? Christ himself. But what stone is he casting? He's not. He's just drawing in the dirt. You know, what is he drawing in the dirt? We have no idea. There's a lot of suspicions that are out there as to what he's writing in the dirt. You know, it could have been maybe the people that those guys had just been with themselves. You know, we don't know. We don't know what he was writing in the dirt. But he's just writing in the dirt and she's shown. And then once they all walk away... You know, Jesus lifts her up and he looks at her and he says, woman, where are your accusers? In other words, I'm not one. I'm not here accusing you. And then he says something powerful. He said, now go and sin no more. 
Now, I always heard that in the context of sort of my, my granny, who was a holiness Pentecostal lady. And I would see her finger, you know, sort of shaking and saying, now you go and don't you sin anymore. And you could sort of add, you stinking, rotten sinner. She loved us, but you know what I mean? Whenever she got to talk about sin, it was like, you know, everybody felt evil, you know? Well, there's a different message that Jesus is giving here. He says, go and sin no more. I don't believe this is a message of revealing sin. This is a message of emancipation. He's saying, I'm releasing you from sin's power. You can leave this place no longer bound by the sin that has held you in captivity or convicted you and drug you here to be killed. I am releasing you from that power. You can go from this place no longer bound by the power of sin. sin. I emancipate you. I bring freedom to you. I release you. It's a, powerful, it's a powerful perspective. When you see Jesus say to people, now go and sin no more, he is releasing them. There's an emancipation that's taking. He is removing from them that sinner identity that has held them in captivity and releasing them from that. It's a powerful, powerful picture when you see it from that perspective. So when he says here, everyone will be convicted in their heart, what was happening with this woman is she was being convicted to righteousness, she was being saying, she, Jesus was saying, there's another way that you have not been living that you're called to live. And let me show you that path. Go and sin no more. You can do that. I'm releasing you to do that. I mean, this was not a, a scolding. This was a, a release and a freedom that was coming. It's really powerful when you take a look at that. And all of these, you know, it says that all these unbelievers will come in and they will hear all of these things and they will say, surely, they will bow down, surely God is among you. Most people, when it's exposing of sin, don't necessarily respond that way. But when it's exposing of love, you know, you've been wounded, yet Jesus is pursuing you. You were in this place of pain and the whole time Jesus was navigating. He wanted you to know he loved you. He didn't want you to be there. He was trying to make a way out and you didn't see that path at the moment, but he was trying to do it. When they see that message of love compelling and calling them, man, it brings a great freedom that they couldn't get, you know, on their own. Another part that we see prophecy for in the New Testament, so we see it as, as, a, as, a, as a, a, for comfort, strengthening, exhorting, for a sign to unbelievers. We also see it as, a, as for purpose of giving direction. It's how God, now we typically want prophecy from the perspective. Now, if you had any idea, we were just talking about this on the drive here, how many people come up to me and just let me tell you, tell you now, don't do this. Don't do this to people. This is not a, this is not a nice thing to do. If, it, if you were already thinking to do it, I, I'm sorry, but don't, don't do this. But people come up to me all the time and say, you know, the Lord spoke to me and told me you had a word for me. You know how Bill Johnson responds to that? Bill Johnson says, well, if you hear God that clearly that I had a word for you, then you don't need me to give you a word. <laughs> Can I just say, I love that. <laughs> now, the desire to hear from God is a great thing. But here's the thing. If you want to receive something, sow that. If you want to receive a word, then you need to start giving words. Because you sow what you, 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 you reap what you sow. And so if you want to receive something, sow that. Give that to other people. Seek to be the giver of that and you'll be the recipient of it. Does that make sense? Two people got that. Two people said yes. Okay, good. I'm thinking they're the representative of all of you, so at least I hope that's the case. But, there's, but, but don't, don't do that to people, but stop and really seek to give. Seek to be a blessing to. 
You know, God wants to speak to you. God is probably already speaking to you. You're just not recognizing. Now, getting confirmation for stuff, that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's bad. It's not bad to want to hear from God. That's not what I mean. But don't put people under, under pressure in that sense. Of, you can stop and say, hey, ask the Lord, you know, does he have something for you? I, there's a very, you know, back uh, 20 years ago, a very famous television preacher that was known all over the world. His, uh, one of his relatives calls me today, and he's like, dude, you know, he, he, he says, I, I really need to hear from the Lord. And I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to be. So I was like, you know, let me have Tim and, and Courtney do this for you. Let me, let me throw them under the bus. And so when people usually come up to me, I throw somebody else under the bus and let them give them the word. Just to do it under the, well, under the auspice of, of you know, equipping others. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of my escape route. It's not necessarily a bad thing to do, but if you're going to be willing, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, ask for something, be willing to give that whatever you're asking for. It's important. So the, the second thing is giving a direction. And most of us, when we think of prophecy, how many of us, how many of you are like, I want direction? No? Are you kidding me? Nobody wants direction. Okay. You guys already have all the direction. You, already, you don't need it. But we want this sense of direction. What we see in 1 Timothy 1.18, I am passing this work on to you, uh, my son Timothy, the prophetic word that was directed to you that has prepared us for this. And then in 4.14 it says, and especially talking about stirring up the gift, especially the gift of ministry that you were given when the leaders of the, ch- of, of the church laid hands on you and prayed, keep that dusted off and in use. Now I believe he's particularly speaking to the gift of tongues there and speaking in tongues but i also believe that he's speaking to the gift of the, the prophetic excuse me words that you give and the prophetic words that you receive keep those handy keep those around i I'm, i thank god that there are prophetic words that i was given that have been very powerful in my life that i've kept available in many ways now let me let me just let me hit on two more real quick things and then and then we'll get into some ministry time are you guys okay is this helpful okay the difference between logos, when it comes to prophetic, logos and rhema. Have you, have you heard these terms? Logos, the logos word and the rhema word. And what, is, what does logos mean? Logos is, is uh, the entire revelation of God. It's scripture and it's Jesus. Jesus is logos. When it says on his thigh is written the word of God. That is, that is logos. Logos is written on his thigh. Now the thigh, it's interesting that it talks about that because the thigh is a place of the covenant. If you see the, the Old Testament, Jacob and his sons, he has them put their hands under his thigh and they would make a covenant with one another because the thigh was a place of a covenant. A thigh was a place of stability. Now, I think Jacob especially did that too because of, of what had happened in, you know, when he became Israel and this place of covenant with God that was made with him. But there's, it's a place of the covenant. And so it's the reason why it says on his thigh is written the word of God is because that is a covenant promise promise, not just for him, but it's for all of us too. And so Jesus, uh, the scripture is Logos and, and Christ is Logos. He is the word of God. His eternal name is not Jesus. His, that, is, that was his natural name here. Now we call him that and that's fine, but his eternal name was the word of God. And that's, 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 uh, that's his eternal name. And so, and then the second thing is Rama. Now, rhema is really what we're talking about training in here. Because why? Logos is set. 
You know, it's established and set. Rama is something that is a specific word for a specific work or, a, or for a situation. It applies to that type of thing. So, but what's really interesting is Ephesians six seventeen, where it says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I grew up being taught that that was logos. It's not. It's rhema. That sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is rhema. So the sword of the spirit is a, is a word that's being given, a word. So when you get a sense of something or there's a word that's been spoken to you, what we were doing earlier and giving people words, those are rhemas. Those are, those are words that are being spoken specifically in the now. Now people say, oh, no, I get those all the time when I open up my Bible and God speaks something to me. That's logos. That's not rhema. And so it's, they, there's a delineation, you know, with that because the, they're two different things, but yet they, they really uh, are, are strong. Now, here's the thing. Every rhema has to submit to logos. Every rhema word that we get has to submit to logos because logos is what? The more sure word of prophecy it is the more sure, solid word. So everything that we get, we run back. I had a friend of mine that, that, that told me that God had spoken to him, that he and his wife were supposed to go plant a church in Dallas, Texas, and that he left. This was many years ago. Uh, this was probably grief many years ago. I, I can't even remember. But anyway, he told me this, and within six months, I get a call from his wife saying, yeah, he, we tried to plant the church for three months. It really wasn't working really well. So now he says, instead, the Lord spoke to him and told him that he was supposed to manage a strip club and bring girls who were strippers to Jesus. Now, this is the time where you want to make a rhema submit to Logos. This is where you judge that word. Now, I don't think there's anybody here that would agree that that would be a Logos verified word, would you? Let me answer that for you. Absolutely not. God forbid. Why? Because it's in conflict with Logos. It's, it's, it's a conflicting word with Logos. There are, there are people that have sort of historically started off biblically sound. Biblically, David Koresh started off very passionate about the Lord and love with Jesus. A very balanced believer. But all of a sudden something else started creeping in. And all of a sudden he had the more sure word of prophecy over than the word of God. And that tells you, you know, that's at that time, you know, lights and sirens should be flashing on the dashboard saying, get out of here. You know, this is warning Will Robinson run. See, a lot of you younger people don't even know what that even means. You're like, I have Will Robinson. Who's that? Wait, I'm Will. That's for me. That word's for me. So, but Logos is that more sure word. And so, but here's the powerful thing about that is that the, and so, you know, I was, when I was talking to her, I said, could I, would you please put him on the phone? Because I want to explain to him that he's lost his mind and that this is no way a word of God, you know, that maybe you're called to go and lead those girls to Jesus, not him, you know. So there's just this wisdom that sort of comes in as a balance of it. But with this, with Ephesians, understanding that the words that you are given where God speaks things for you, many times, sometimes you have to fight for them. I'll share, I'll share a story with you about that tomorrow. We don't have time now. I kind of, I kind of have, have talked a, a quite a long time here, and so I don't want to exhaust you with uh, talking more. But, but we'll get into more of talking about testing what you hear and the ways that God speaks tomorrow, okay? Is this helpful? Yes. All right. Uh, so, but pay attention. When you get words from the Lord that are those, 
those rhema words, when somebody's giving you a word, pay attention, try to keep track of those as much as you can. I get, a, I get a lot of them, and so sometimes it's hard to keep track of, but I really do my best to try to keep track of them because I, I recognize that that's something that could be happening and something sometimes that I need to pray into. The Lord is sometimes giving me a direction to pray into something, you know, and that I need to pray into that. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's wisdom, you know, to do. So, uh, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that just let us hear deep in our spirit, just your voice. And I pray, Lord, that in the midst of the teaching, Lord, that we don't lose sight of the, of the purpose and the thing that you are speaking to us and that you are calling us to. I, there's some of you right now, you've, just, you've been like, God, I, wanna, I want dreams and I want visions. If that's you, stand up right now. You've been specifically asking God for that. If you haven't asked God for that and you're like, oh, I kind of like that, 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 that's not who I'm talking about, just put your hands out right now if you would. Just, just say, Lord, I thank you for those dreams and visions starting tonight. Just say that right now. Say it out loud. Now, Father, I just pray just a release of dreams and visions tonight. Lord, that, that there just be a release and that we're going to hear testimonies coming back tomorrow of these guys having dreams and visions. I just bless their night visions, as Daniel called them. Just you speaking to them in the night. Angelic visitations, we'll get into all that tomorrow. But Lord, I just pray for just all that. Just be released. There's been some of you that have really been asking the Lord for that. And the Lord wants to release that to you. So just, just even just say this. I just receive that in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. All right, you can be seated. Um, now we're gonna do we're gonna transition something here because I want to do something. How many of you here? You're here. Anybody here? And you have a leg shorter than the other? Raise your hand. You currently have a leg shorter than the other. Stand up if you have a leg shorter than the other. And we were to check we would check your legs and you got a leg shorter than the other. Okay. All right, do me a favor. Come up here and stand up at, the, up at the front up here. This is where we need that thing for you guys in the tech booth. I need you to get that set up like ASAP. Um, yeah, just come down here if you've got that. Oh, look how quick you are. All right. Now, this is what I want you guys to do. I want, I want uh, you guys uh, to, to sit, uh, some of you to sit here on the stage, some of you sit on the steps there, and you can sit where it's sort of the, the level is comfortable for you to sit at. Um, you get the primary pick. <laughs> so sit where it's most comfortable for you to sit. Now, I need you to sit up onto the, up onto the, uh, the thing uh, up onto the area to where, and if, you, if you're on a step, sit with your back up against the step. If you're just sitting up here, sit up a little bit, sit up a little bit. You're good right there. Sit up a little bit further because we're going we're gonna to pray for your, for your legs, okay? Now, here's the other thing. Is there anybody here that you're like, I'm not so sure about healing. I'm not so sure. I'm not sure if it's for today. I'm, not, I'm just kind of questioning. If that's you, raise your hand. Don't, don't be nice. Don't, don't, don't feel like you're, we're not going to embarrass you. I don't think, but uh, raise your hand if that's you. You're not sure. Okay, come up here. I need your help. Is there anybody that's an atheist? Any atheists that are here? Now, if you raise your hand because you're, you're, you're just saying, I'm not so sure about it, come up. I'm not, I'm not putting you in the atheist category. <laughs> well, we're delineating here. But if you raise your hand because you're not sure, how about, how about you're like, I'm, I, I haven't ever prayed for anybody and seen anybody healed before. Raise your hand. 
Okay? Um, here's what I need. I need one, two, and I've got two, four. I need one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I need five more people. Who raised your hand again? Who, whoever comes up here first <laughs> of, you, of you people who raise your hand. Whoever comes up here first. I need five of you right across here. You guys who came up, come step here, and I want you just to go with one person each. Okay? All right, so you're with her, you're with her. Can you go with him? And then you go with her. Um, let's see, I want to make sure and get these guys in. Come on, come on up. Oh, wait, there's three of you right here? Okay, so go with, go, you got her. You guys come over here and get we each with one of these guys. Come over here. We'll have you go with her. Okay, um, and... And you need somebody, right? So just one, yeah, okay. Step over here. Sorry, so you, you could just, if you would just step back a little bit and just, and just watch, okay? Now, um, okay, this is what I want you guys to do. And, and uh, where's Courtney at? Tim's busy. Tim, you can step up. Courtney, come up here. I need your help if you don't mind. I know you were probably about to periscope or something like that, but if you can come and help me. So here's what I want you guys to do is I want, Wilson, can you, is Wilson here? Come, come up here and help me coach in this. So here's what I want you guys to do is you're going to grab their legs and you're going to hold their legs out straight and you're going to tell, and then they're going to tell you which one's shorter than the other. And we're going to help you see that. Okay. So that you can see it. So go ahead and grab their legs. You can get on your knees if you want to, or if you, if you can just hold their legs. Okay, now you guys who are, who are uh, there, point out which leg is shorter than the other leg, or, or which leg's longer. And so if, it, if you're not seeing, so is this one, this one's shorter, okay? Now are you seeing that there? Are you seeing, let me, let me step over here just a second. You can watch, you can stand over them and watch. Okay, pull, pull the heels together. Okay, so you can see where it's shorter right there. Now, what you want to do, guys, listen, is you want to look at the heels. You don't want to look at the toes. So I want you to hold their legs out far enough to where you can see the heels. Pull or put their heels together just to see. And this one's shorter? Okay. How much shorter is it? Yeah, about, like about a quarter of an inch or something like that. Okay, and so this is a lift. You got lifts on this? Is that okay? Now, is there something going on with your hips? Yes. What's up with, what's up with that? I need a microphone. Sorry. Okay, if it's a long story, we'll, we'll, we'll pray for it. But just, so now pull, pull up his and take a look at the, put the heels together. Turn it like that. So this one's shorter, right? Okay. Now when you go to pray, you want to watch the heels. Now you don't want to watch here. So we want the feet up and sit back. Sit back so you can see her heels. What I want you to do is I want you to keep an eye. So let's do this. Watch the heels. Is this one shorter? Is this one the shorter? Hmm. I guess that's it right there. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so keep her, her feet turned out as you watch that. Okay, and so now if we turn, can we turn your legs? Is that okay? So we've got this one. You're probably the most prominent. So you've got about, what, three quarters of an inch? So what I want you to do is, and I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable for you, but I want you to kind of grab, and now we, we like to hold them like this, typically. But in her case, because we need to see the heels, I want you to hold them like that. Okay? Now we're not pulling anybody's heel or anything. Now hold her legs so she doesn't have to hold them up. Okay? 
So, but I want you to, I want you to look at that as you, as you pray, okay? So let's come in, go straight down on that. Do you, do you, can you guys see the difference? Come in from this, come back right about like that. There we go. Okay. So, wow. You guys hold their legs. Now we're going to pray, okay? You ready? Have you ever had this prayed for? Okay. So, Father, repeat after me, guys. Father, I thank you for healing power. By the authority of Jesus Christ, I command this short leg grow out right now. I command the hips to line up. I command vertebrae to come into alignment. By the authority of Christ, I break every attack of the enemy. In Jesus' name, I command, which, whichever leg it is, whatever leg they told you, I command this leg, grow out right now. By the authority of Christ. Be healed in Jesus' name. There it is. Did you feel that? Did you feel that? I felt it. Okay. Stand up. Stand up. Check your backs. Stand up. Check your hips. Check your backs. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Stand up. Let go of their legs so they can stand up, guys. Um, sorry. I didn't, I didn't make that very clear. I apologize. No, no, no. I apologize. All right. Stand up. Check your backs. Now, who... If you saw their leg grow, raise your hand. If you saw the leg growing, raise your hand. Did you guys see it? You guys didn't see it. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I mean, good in the sense that means, so we got one. Wait, keep your hand up if you saw it. If you saw it grow. You you didn't see it grow. What did you say you felt? You told me you felt something. I felt it, but... You felt felt what? What did you feel? Both of her legs were like doing something but i'm not sure <laughs> so you felt something happening yeah like what doing something movement um okay movement shift yeah. have a seat again let's take let's take a look at your at your feet were you looking at her heels the whole time hold hold this just for a second let me just see what's your name alexandria i just can i tell you alexandria that afterwards i want you to give me a follicle impartation that means hair. It means hair. Look at her hair. I'm struggling right now. Like, I want that hair, man. You know, it's like, I'm just sort of a little bit frustrated. It's because of my scoliosis. That's why my legs are. But they're there. Yeah. Did you, and you didn't feel anything when that happens? Sometimes that happens. All right. So when you stood up, did you feel a difference? Your legs feel different. Okay, is there scolia? Is it you feel a difference in your back? So her legs, obviously you're feeling something in her legs because something is happening. So is there a problem in your back? And you feel the curvature right now? Okay, we'll pray for that in just, in just a second. But what you were feeling, you were seeing it. You, you, maybe, maybe your eyes weren't seeing it, but it was, her legs are together now. Okay, so raise your, raise your hand if, if, you're, if, if you guys who are checking your backs because you stood up, if, you are, if you're not feeling a difference, raise your hand. 
Okay, but something happened in your leg, but you're not feeling a difference. Okay, so, uh, and you guys, do, are your legs still one shorter than the other? I, I feel a Okay, I, hang on, wait. I can't even remember which leg, <laughs> but I've had surgery on this leg. Like you can't times. remember which leg it was? Did you I see anything happen? Really, but I felt something happen. What did you feel? I feel like more aligned. Usually when I would stand up, like one side would be taller than the other one. Is there any is there any difference now? There is a difference. No, I mean, is there one still taller than the other? I can't really tell. It doesn't feel like. Well, it. Look, walk walk over there and walk back here. What about you? I have not. I I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you have any problems in your back or in your hips before because of one leg being shorter than the other? On occasion, yes. Okay, was that happening when you walked up here, or was it no? Okay, and then let me sit down. Let me let me just take a look at your legs. Okay. Sit back down again. Hold that for me if you would. Let's just take a look at yours. I'm seeing them there. Yeah, I'm seeing them there. And then you were saying you weren't sure there was anything with yours, or was it you? You did feel something? Let me see that, Mike. What were you feeling? Well, I was in a lot of pain when I first set. Is this muted? Is that. Okay, there we go. Sorry. When I first sat down and she lifted my legs just a little bit, it really hurt. Okay. And it was pulling, but it just eased. Okay. And was was it easing while she was praying or just as as she was holding them? Kind of there at the end. Okay. All right. Do you mind sitting down? Let me checking your heels too. Could you hold that if you would? Okay, I'm going to turn your legs out, okay? All right, I can see a difference still with that. So come, come, who was holding her legs? Come, come here, hold, hold her legs. This time, hold her heels out like that, okay? And yeah, you okay with doing that? Mm-hmm. Okay, now does that feel straight to you or does it feel turned? No, this is so when I say turned, I mean, does it feel like that she's holding the legs straight? Sorry. Okay, so you're feeling? All right. Do me a favor. Sit up here if you would. Do you mind? Is that okay? I'm thinking part, part of it is we're holding your legs up. Is this, is this okay with you guys? Yeah. You guys all right with this? What? We could. Well, if, if she's just sitting here, though, that's... So hold her legs again and hold the, he, hold the, the toes out and the heels up, okay? Now, what's your name? Here, come in, come in right over there. Okay, excuse me, let me sit up here. Turn these out, turn these out like that. Just like that, okay? Which one's shorter than the other? This one's shorter? This was the shorter leg. This is longer. Wait a minute, now they're straight. I think it's just the way we were, yeah. Wait a minute, okay, I'm really confused. This one's shorter. I think it was. I just checked it. This one was shorter. Or this one was shorter, right? Yeah, right. But when I sat down with her, this was the shorter leg. So this was the shorter leg, but now it's the, it was the longer leg. No, I think it was the way we were holding no, her it, feet. I no, this I actually mean. does happen. It, it, I know it sounds strange, but I've actually but even seen. When I prayed for her, it wasn't out this far. It was what are you feeling now in your leg? Okay, stand up and check your legs again, because I, I think something actually just happened, just in the holding on them. We had a girl, we were in Chile, 
she was working in the children's ministry, and when she heard we were praying for legs, she came running. By the time she got to the stage, her leg had completely grown out. And when we went to hold them, they were, it was already done. So, I mean, sometimes this happens. Move around. Check your back. What do you feel? I'm trying to feel the usual problem, and I don't really feel it. I have a, a big pain right here. Okay. All right. And it's gone. It's, it's gone. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's check here. Let me see your legs. Just scoop it just a little bit further back. Okay. Does that feel normal to you as I'm holding it? Yeah, I know I'm pulling them together. Check your back again. Stand up and check your back again. Were you having pain, sir, in your back? No, not my back, just my hip. Just in your hip. So walk around and see what you're feeling in your hip right now. What? Everybody's getting out of the way. (laughs) Is there any pain there? There's no pain, no. And there was pain when you came up? We used to have pain in my hip. I've had a hip replacement. You've had a hip replacement. Okay. And so there's no pain now? There's no pain. Okay. Yeah. Father, we just thank you for just making that bone... Just completely restored, Jesus' name. You know, let me tell you something, too. Just uh, is, is this your wife back here? Yeah. When I look back at you guys earlier, I, I just didn't, I ran out of time. I just felt for the two of you that you, God is just making you like a, a lighthouse. And just, uh, I just, I just kept hearing the phrase, strong tower of defense. And that there's protection that you guys are providing for others. And that you're going to be a protection defense for those. There was some vulnerability that you were in where you were kind of in a place of being unsecured or un sort of guarded and unprotected at different times. And I just heard the Lord just say that we are going to provide that for others. And that there's the, the, and what I said to somebody else, the father heart of God's inside of you. And he's just really proud of you, sir. Bless you. All right. Praise the Lord. So I think, I think they're all good. Okay. So how are you feeling? There's some other issues. I understand. Where's that microphone at? Uh, too many joint replacements and my, now what do I do with my build up shoe? <laughs> you know what? I got a picture. I got a picture of a guy. I got a picture of a guy that we, that literally walked across the street right after it was almost two inches shorter. He walked across, this was in England. He we prayed, his leg grows out and he walks across the street in his, without his shoes on and buys a pair of shoes at a shoe store. And we have the picture. It's actually uh, in, uh, in the Do What Jesus Did manual, the picture of, of his difference. So what else is going on with you? Let's pray for... for... Um, my, I've had like 10 revisions on this side of my hip, and this side is pinching. It's like 11 years old. 10 what? Hip revisions, replacement, hip revisions. initial. I'm sorry. One is the replacement, then revisions. Okay. And... Okay. And then the right one's 11 years old and it's pinching and I'm like... You Are you know, from here? Can Are I you ever from get this break? church? I, usually I'm at Springdale. Venue. Okay, at Springdale. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a couple of you guys, especially you guys who were just healed, maybe a couple of you go with Wilson and just step over here just, and just uh, pray for her just a little bit. I just feel, I feel there's a real breakthrough uh, coming for you. I feel like there's been like a spirit of death assignment against her. Really pray for that to be broken because that's what you're going to break off of other people. All right, so here's, here's the thing. When we're commanding those legs to grow out, that's a part of forth telling. That's a part of using your authority. 
and you're calling it out, you're commanding to come. You can even look at the person and say, look, your leg is about to grow out right now so that you'll know. Now, notice this, how many people, if you've heard me say this before, you're not allowed to answer. How many people did I just pray for up here whose legs grow out who got healed? How many? You, were you counting? I didn't pray for anybody. I was coaching them, and they either had not seen somebody healed or weren't sure about healing being for now, or, were, or weren't sure about healing. And look at what happened in their experience. So you don't, this is not about a qualification or having this, you know, I've got to have faith. <laughs> I got to pop out enough faith for this to happen. It's about just exercising it and stepping into it, okay? So here's what we're going to do for tonight. Again, this is a prophetic thing. Tomorrow night, we're going to sort of bring a bit more of the boom. (laughs) We're going to have more of a let the Holy Spirit rip in this room. But right now, what I want to do is if you are here, if you guys were helping out, you can, you can, you can, you can sit down if you, if, if you would, but if you're, we're, we're, we're done. Thank you. That was perfect. If, if, uh, if you're here and you're like, I really have been really desperate to hear something from the Lord. Like I really have been desperate to hear a word from God. I want you to stand up right now. Okay? Now, you guys who just stood up, I want you to come down here to the front. Now, don't jump in if you didn't stand up. That's not right. You're cheating. And you'll find out why here in just a minute. Now, all of you guys turn around. What are you desperate for? So now go give words. You're going to sow what you need. And I, here's the thing. No two-on-one. I want eat, there's about, we're about 50-50 here. I want one-on-one. Now, how many of you are just sitting back and, oh, I would love to get a word from the Lord, or I would just sort of like to get a word. Raise your hand if that's you. All right, so those are the people that you pick first. So out of your desire, out of your desperation to get a word, you go give one right now. Go for it right now. Now, here's what you're going to do. You're going to trust that. We're going we're to do more exercises like this tomorrow, but we're going to give you more tools to do it with. Right now, you're just going, you're going to do this sort of blind in this, but I want you just to step out. You're going to trust that first thought, feeling, impression, sense, and once they give you a word, then you turn and give them a word, and you're going to trust that first thought, feeling, sensation. Guys, if you're still standing up here, step out. Just go give somebody, anybody. It doesn't matter who. Okay, Father, we thank you for the gift of prophecy, and you and Paul said, "Desire earnestly to prophesy." And so, Lord, right now we just step into that, and Lord, I pray for a release of just prophetic anointing, a release for giving words right now. And if you really want to get a lot of words, don't just give one; give two or three to people. Now, if you guys are sitting, if somebody's giving you a word, keep in the receiving mode. 
If you're not giving a word, but you're sitting there and you need healing in your body, I want you to stand up. Now, those of you that are sitting and you see these people standing, I want you to step back to them right now and I want you to ask them what they need healing for. You speak to that condition in their body, command it to be healed now by the authority of Christ. Go for it right now. Step back to them right now. If you're still sitting, you don't understand what this conference is for. This is about engagement. There are people standing that have nobody praying for them. That should not be the case. If you're standing because you needed healing and no one is with you yet, raise your hand up. If no one's with you yet, raise your hand up. Gentlemen, right back over here. Keep your hand up, sir, until somebody comes to you. Gentlemen, right back over here. Somebody get to them. Right back over there. This is your ministry time. This is it. I want you to engage that prophetic word. I want you to engage that forth-telling ability right now. In a minute. Let me finish up with this. But please, 